Welcome back, listener, to the Modern History HSC Podcast, your personal guide to understanding the modern world around us. Anton, what are you doing out here, comrade? I couldn't stay in that butcher's shop a moment longer, Victor. Did they all have to die like that? Even the girls? Even the goddamn duck? The orders were for no loose ends, Anton. Besides, if those girls had not stuffed so many diamonds into their blouses, it would have been much cleaner. It was like they were wearing a suit of armor. You are sick, you know that. <laughs> I don't think you can blame me for this. I was following orders from the people. They demanded an end to the Romanovs, and I, no wait, we all followed orders. Well, I'm really having second thoughts about this wall mess. Ha, <laughs> where will you go? Going to join the Whites now? <laughs> You're a Bolshevik now, my friend. And it's our job to fix this mess that the elites created. It's like you don't even remember the last 10 years. Let's go back to 1905. Imperial guards shot unarmed civilians who were gathering outside the Winter Palace. The poor souls were looking for help from their beloved Tsar. And you know what they got? Not biscuits, but a chamber full of bullets. And then what about last year in February? That same Anglijski had led us so badly in the Great War that his own men turned on him, first in his abdication and, of course, October, our glorious triumph. Those days there was so much chaos that the Duma practically begged Lenin to lead. I don't think I ever saw Alexander Kerensky back. True, but he should have. He was utterly out of his depths as provisional government leader and minister of war. I know, I was there for the Kerensky offensive. Yeah, well, so was I. I was at Lemberg when Kerensky made his speech to the troops when he said he would fight the enemy alone if no man had the courage. The beginning of the offensive was like lightning, and we collapsed the Austro-Hungarian line in days. And how long did that last? As soon as the Germans got their reinforcements together, we stalled, and when they countered, we were utterly disintegrated. Half a million men were killed or captured. Then Kerensky the Duck had the gold to blame General Brusilov and installed Kornilov, who reimposed the death penalty to stop men fleeing in droves. Plus, what about the fact that when we first met, it was at the July Day protest? You must have been angry as I was. I wasn't angry at Kerensky, but, I don't know, I just got caught up in it all. My machine gun regiment was all marching in Petrograd to the Tauri Palace on July 3rd, demanding the Bolsheviks take power by force and shooting into the air. Then the workers started joining in and began torching apartment buildings. And finally the naval division got involved. There was just random violence and Comrade Lenin was not taking control of the situation. There you go again, classic Kerensky talking point. The Bolsheviks engineered it all. The Bolsheviks must be crushed. It's a relief Lenin got away when he did, or that an effective Duma would still have us marching into the German mid-grinder as we speak. Peace, land and bread is what Lenin wanted, and the Duma wanted. Old man, I don't need a lecture. Bah, it sounds like you do. It seems like you don't truly appreciate how weak the Duma was. I mean, Kornilov could see they were soft. Kornilov was a traitor to the motherland, demanding the government dissolve so that he could become a supreme leader. It was a coup. Perhaps. Or maybe Kerensky realized his own weakness and decided to consolidate power. I mean, doesn't it make sense? The army is loyal to Kornilov. Kerensky frames him for the demands you have spoken about, and Kerensky gets to invoke martial law to remove his rivals. 
The only thing he could not bet on was that the Soviets could not be controlled. The working men of Petrograd were not his puppets. Trotsky and the trade unions were the true heroes of that day. By both sabotaging the train lines back from the front and infiltrating Kornilov's ranks to make those tired men see the error of their ways. In the end, Kornilov had no army and Kerensky had been discredited beyond repair. Kornilov was thrown in Bihov fortress until the bastard escaped and formed that army of white traitors you love so much. You are not even listening to me now. You call me a traitor, but you forget I was with the detachment that defended Ekaterinodar. Kornilov and his volunteer army of Tsarists, Mensheviks, Cossacks and civilians, all bounded by a hatred of us, were forced to be reckoned with no doubt. Still, they were no match for our defense at Yekaterinodar. Plus, how lucky we were that an artillery shell found its way to Kornilov's farmhouse headquarters. Luck? It was fate. A destiny that has the whites on the run today. We better get back in there and clean up that mess. Sorry, comrade. I told you, orders were no loose ends. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern History HSC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern History HSC podcast. And if you have the time, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to attract more high-profile guests into the future. And finally... Remember that truth are not merely facts, because facts alone can be manipulated either intentionally or unintentionally. Truth will only reveal itself when an individual undertakes an honest, thorough and courageous investigation. We must restrain our intent to prove contemporary points and concerns and instead accept that we could be the exact people that we are studying and critiquing. This is true empathy and it is uncomfortable but is necessary in the pursuit of truth. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.